Welcome to another podcast by Every Nation Brisbane. We're so glad you can join us here today. For more information about our church, visit us on the web at enbrisbane.org. Please enjoy the following message. So this morning, our verse is coming from Isaiah 9. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Thank you, Laura. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for this time that we can come around your word this morning. Thank you for each and every person that is here today. And Lord, you have been so good to us this year. The various things that we've gone through throughout this year, Lord God. And we thank you, Father God, that we can take a moment to give thanks to you. To give praise to you for your faithfulness, for your goodness. How you have shown your love through each and every one of us. And so this morning as we turn our eyes to your word, may your Holy Spirit have his way in us. Speak to us this morning in Jesus' mighty, wonderful name. And everybody says... Amen. So we're going through our, we're continuing our series of unto us. Okay, unto us. And so we've been, we've seen through Isaiah chapter 9, this picture, the nation of Israel has been, you know, making their own way, you know, through their, making their own decisions, going through their, uh, sort of deciding what was good for themselves instead of following God's way. And it sort of led them to this place of dark, and a despairing and unknown foreign land. But the awesome thing is, is that God doesn't leave them there. And so we see this beautiful picture of hope in the midst of darkness and despair. And this hope is described in this one verse that we've been leaning into throughout the last couple of weeks. And it's this verse that uh, Laura loved, so lovely read, you know, it's beautiful. And so the title of my message today is Everlasting Peace. Everyone say Everlasting Peace. And so we've been unpacking this uh, messianic rich text. And it tells of the birth and arrival of the coming Messiah. And we see that the titles that are given to this, to this coming king. This king is going to be different. He's not going to be like any other human king. Because as history has shown us, we've seen through history that sometimes human kings get it wrong. Sometimes human kings fall as well. But this king that is being spoken of here, he's going to be different. He's going to rule with a unique and complete authority. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor. This king is going to be an extraordinary, miraculous, and all-knowing counselor. You know, I know that there have been times in my own life where I have listened to the counsel of the king. And in those moments, there have been times in those moments that I've thought, oh my gosh, God, this doesn't look right. This doesn't feel right, God. But then in the end, you know, you get to that place and you're like, oh, now I see. Yeah, you're right, God. Thank you for that counsel. And that's who we have access to, Jesus as the wonderful counselor. You know, if I could encourage us for a moment this morning, because there can be times in our own life where we let our human understanding, our wisdom, what we know, dictate the journey in our life. 
You know, there are some people in here that uh, are intellectually wise. You're smart people, right? But then there are aspects of your own life that you're like, man, I wish this could be better. God, I wish you would change this part of my life. And so there are things in your own life that are not going the way that you would like. And maybe it's because you're not receiving counsel from the wonderful counselor. Maybe you're relying on what you know, on what you see, on what you're feeling. Or maybe you're relying on what you're hearing from people around you. But if we trust in Jesus, if we trust in his perfect life that he lived, in his amazing teaching, and his resurrection power, this is our wonderful counselor. Living out the life that we can live out in the power of, of his Holy Spirit. So as sons and daughters of the Most High King, we have access to this wonderful counselor. Through the word of God. Through the Holy Spirit that lives within us. Through the community of believers that we get to walk with. In gatherings like this. We have access to the wonderful counselor. In Christ Jesus. The mighty God. So what should we be afraid of? What do we need to be afraid of if we have King Jesus? Who is the wonderful counselor. Mighty God. What do we have to fear? I think a big fear that a lot of people may tend to struggle with is the fear of the unseen. The fear of the unknown. But the journey of faith that we choose to walk in, it requires us to walk in faith. It requires us to walk in faith in the unseen. In the unknown. Hebrews 11, 1, it says this. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen. And so as, as human beings, we can sometimes tend to, you know, only believe what we see. Only believe in the, the tangible things. The things that I can touch and feel. But in the things that are unseen, it's a bit hard. It can be a bit Hard to grasp sometimes. But understanding that this, the creator of the universe, is not leaving us there to figure it out ourselves. God doesn't leave us there to try and, you know, walk this through ourselves. Nah. He is the wonderful counselor. He is the miraculous, the extraordinary counselor that we get access to. We can call upon him and trust in him. Remembering that these are these these titles, right? They're titles of the nature and character of the Messiah to come. Wonderful counselor, full of wisdom, full of knowledge, full of insight. Mighty God. He's all powerful. He's all-knowing. He, 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 he goes above and beyond anyone or anything else. This is the coming king. But he is also going to be the everlasting father. When we hear the words everlasting father, 
We should think about the originator, the, the source, the creator. You know, the Hebrew word uh, translated uh, everlasting has this idea of without end or forever. And so this emphasis is more to forward-looking, right? And so he is father forever. The Messiah will be a father. And his fatherhood will be without end. We have seen through the way that Jesus lived his life. There are many examples of how Jesus displayed this, these qualities of a, of a loving, caring father. We see compassion and mercy. Compassion and mercy. And we see this in the, in the story of the prodigal son, right? Told in, in Luke 15. And so here it highlights the, the compassionate and merciful nature of our fatherly God. We see how the father's response in welcoming back his son who had demanded his inheritance and then went on spending it in, in an unwise fashion. And even though the son had done these, I suppose you can look at it as selfish things, the father shows this great kindness, this great forgiveness towards his repentant son. Have we personally experienced and know God's compassion and mercy in our own lives? Have we ourselves experienced that? If we have, then how is that lived out? How is that walked out in our daily life towards others, towards the people around us? If not, then you can begin your journey today and experience God's kindness, God's love, God's embracing forgiveness by accepting Jesus and believing in Him. The next fatherly quality that we see in, in Jesus' life is His teaching and guidance. We see in Matthew 7, in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, Jesus uses the analogy of a, of a good father giving good things, good gifts to his children. And so this is illustrating God's willingness to provide and guide his children. Matthew 7, uh, verse 9 to 11. Or which one of you, if he asks him, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a serpent. If he then, who are evil, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good gifts, good, give things, good things to those who ask him? A caring, loving Father gives good gifts to his children. So how much more is God wanting to give good gifts to you and me? Even in the way that, that we see Jesus, in the way that he do, uh, teaches his disciples, we see this sort of fatherly posture, this loving fatherly posture of Jesus. One where he's wanting to, to teach and, and train them, right? And how to live this life well. I love this quote from Benjamin Franklin a previous uh, American president. And he says this, Tell me and I will, sh I will forget. Show me and I will remember. 
Involve me and I will learn. Jesus taught. Jesus guided. Jesus involved his disciples. That's how they learned. How are you teaching and guiding people around us, around you? Because whether you know it or not, whether you think you are or not, as a parent, as a young person, as a single person, we are teaching and guiding something to someone who is watching us. People are always watching us. So if we think about how we're living out our lives, are we living out a good life? A good life that, that displays Christ's character, Christ's nature to the people around us? Are we living out a generous life that exemplifies the nature and character of Jesus? This is how Jesus taught and guided his disciples. Then the next quality I want to highlight is discipline and correction. Discipline and correction. In Hebrews, the author uses the metaphor of God discipling his children as evidence of God's fatherly care and desire for the growth of his children. In Hebrews 12, 5 to 6. And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? He said, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline. And don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves. And he punishes each one he accepts as his child. God disciplines those he loves. He corrects those that he loves. This is a, a quality of a loving father. A Messiah that is called Father forever. You know, if I know sometimes my kids, I'm here with my family so I can talk about my kids. Um, I struggle with this sometimes. You know, I, I want to teach my kids. And like for you, you know, more mature people like myself, you know, we know that discipline was the way. And look, I turned out all right. I got discipline. I got the chandel, I got the belt sometimes. But these days, oh, na, na, na. And our kids notice, right? They tell me, oh, daddy, you shouldn't talk like that to me. You shouldn't do that. I'm like, oh, you in my house, I can do that, right? But it's like, you know, th this is an area that, that I struggle with, is trying to be disciplined my children in a, in a loving, fatherly way. Because there can be ways that I can just blurt out stuff to them out of my, yes, I, I get angry sometimes, right? Because I want them to do, to, to, to do things the way that I think is right. But my kids are like, Daddy, do you really love me? Yes, I do. I love my kids. And so it's a work in progress. I'm a work in progress. I know that there are days that, that we'll get that fatherly thing right or that mothering thing right. And there'll be days that we won't. But I think showing our kids the, the side of, of a forgiving, loving father as well is just as important as the discipling, the disciplining side as well. Showing them those sides. 
will hopefully help to shape and form them more holy, <laughs> you know, as in complete whole. Does that make sense? So there are these, we see um, these, these references in, um, later in, in Isaiah of these fatherly characteristics. In Isaiah 63, 16, it says this, For you are our father. Though Abraham does not know us, and Israel does not acknowledge us, you, O Lord, are our Father, our Redeemer from of old is your name. Do you hear the, the, the belief and conviction of Isaiah in here? He, you, O Lord, you are our Father. You are our Redeemer. And in Psalm 68, 5, it says, Father of the fatherless and protector of the widows is God in his holy habitation. The care, the kindness, the love of the Father, that he would, he would love the fatherless, that he would love the orphaned, that he would protect the widows, that he would protect those that have been abandoned, those that have been singled out, thrown out by society. God loves them as he loves us. He protects them just as he protects us. God is the forever father to us. He is our everlasting father. Next one I'm going to do. Prince of peace. Prince of peace. You know, if we think about the world that we're living in right now, there isn't much peace in the world right now, right? There's wars, conflict, violence happening all around us. So it's hard to see peace ever coming. When Jesus first entered into Jerusalem, he was riding a donkey. Now a donkey was an animal of peace. It was symbolic, like if a king rode in on a donkey, it was symbolic that he was coming with a, with a, um, a, a, a you know, he was approaching with terms of peace. He wasn't coming for war. And so we can have this thinking that peace is just a physical safety you know, like a, a political harmony. But that is not the only type of peace that is being referred to here. There are different aspects of peace. There's uh, inner peace, relational peace, and global peace, to name a few. And so when I, think of, when I think of inner peace, right, I think of Kung Fu Panda. Come on, who doesn't think of Kung Fu Panda? Inner peace, right? There's that scene of, of like, you know, um, uh, Master Shefu, Master Shefu, and he's, he's doing his inner peace, inner peace. And then you see Bo come in the, in the background, Master Shefu, Master Shefu, what are we going to do now? What are we going to do now? What are we doing? You're going to teach me this? And Master Shefu, inner peace, inner peace, right? And then he breaks out into his karate kid stuff, right? And he does his thing and inner peace, right? Inner peace is often associated with the sense of balance and harmony within oneself, regardless of what is happening around us. However, peace involves more than just inner peace. Relational peace is sometimes seen as, as getting along well with the people around us, right? You know, we have good relational conversations, right? 
people living and engaging with each other, living in harmony, right? However, peace involves more than just relational peace. We think of global peace. It's sometimes seen as this, this peace between countries and people of different nations, right? Where there's no fighting and there's no hurting of each other. But even that, that's not all peace is. Peace involves more than just global peace. The Hebrew word for peace is this word shalom. And it means whole or completeness and well-being. And so peace goes beyond the absence of, of war and conflict. It involves us seeing and acknowledging Jesus as the Prince of Peace so that we, as children of God, may become peacemakers. Matthew 5, 9, it tells us that blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons and daughters of God. And so as sons and daughters of God, we see the, the personal, the public, and even the global opportunities around us to be able to walk in the peace of the Prince of Peace. To be representatives of the peace that the Prince of Peace gives to us. But it's because of our sinful state that we're in like opposition to God. In Romans 5.10, it says this, For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of His Son, while we were still His enemies, everyone say, while we were still His enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of His Son. So this reminds us that due to sin, we are separated from God. We were enemies with God. And so this meant that, that we were, there's a state of separation, spiritual separation with us and God. But God's unconditional love tells us in Romans 5.8, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So this emphasis this emphasizes the, the extraordinary nature of God's unconditional love. It's not dependent on my talent or my skills or, or the way that I talk or my good behavior. No, it's, it's all on God. Despite humanity's sinful condition, God shows us his love through the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ. Because of Christ's sacrifice, we are restored to a, into a relationship of peace with God. In Romans 5, 1, it says this, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul here, the writer of Romans, he's telling us that, the only way to be saved is by grace through faith. Now, he's about to show us one of the benefits of this faith. And it's, the first benefit is peace with God. You want to say peace with God. Because the price has been paid in full by the works of Jesus on the cross. God's justice towards you and me, towards us, has been eternally satisfied. It's been paid for. 
There's nothing else that you and I have to do or need to do in our faith, in our, in our, in our strength, in our, in our own uh, knowing or, 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 or gifting that we have. Nothing else adds to what Christ has already done. It is finished. It is complete. And so how do we live out peace in our community? How do we live this out? Because if, it, if this is something that God has given to us freely, shouldn't we give it away to people around us as well, right? Shouldn't we freely give it to the people around us? What can it look like to live out peace that we experienced or that we have experienced from our relationship with Jesus? It can look like being around people like this, actively listening, giving people our, our genuine attention and time. You know, it can look like you sharing words of encouragement and support, celebrating that person, or maybe even being there with them when they're going through those tough seasons, sitting there with them, listening to them being a peaceful presence to them in those moments. It can look like being patient. It can look like being understanding. It can look like extending of your love, forgiveness, kindness, respect to those people around us. This is how we can be a presence of peace in our communities. So, if I can encourage us on this this morning, be this, to be peacemakers in our communities, to be peacemakers in our families, wherever God places us. Jesus is the bringer of peace, and that peace has been given to us freely. And so let's be generous with this gift of peace, the peace of Christ, with our families, with our friends with our communities this Christmas. I like this quote that says, Peace is not merely a distant goal, but the journey we walk every day. The journey we walk every day. Jesus walked this journey every day with his disciples. How about us? Will we walk this journey of peace with the people around us? Will we walk this path of peace with our work colleagues, with people in our communities? Here's a final question. How does knowing King Jesus as the everlasting Father and Prince of Peace help me in living different today? You know, when we're walking through our lives, knowing and being able to rely on the truth that the everlasting Father is and always will be with us. That he would never leave us nor forsake us. And that he has given us peace. This should bring a great sense of relief in us. A relief that we don't have to know it all. We don't have to have all the answers. When we know King Jesus, when we know that he is the all-knowing, all-powerful, all-present one, 
that we can trust in without any doubt, without any fear. He is the greatest gift that has been given to us. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This is our King Jesus. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you that you sent your son, Jesus, into this world to fulfill your plan. And so today, Lord God, right now, we remember, we give thanks to you our loving Father, our wonderful Counselor, our mighty God, our everlasting Father, our Prince of Peace. We thank you for reminding us of the great and wonderful God that you are. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for all that you are doing through each and every one of us, Lord God. Lord, you've placed us within the different spaces of influence within our families, within our workplaces, within our communities, Lord God. You have placed us there. And so we pray, Lord God, that as we are walking through our daily life, that we will be reflectors of your peace, that we will be reflectors of the character and nature of Christ. That we would reflect love, that we would reflect your kindness, that we would reflect your forgiveness to the people around us, Lord God. That you would reveal yourself to those around us, Lord God. So, Lord God, this morning, you know where each and every one of us are at. And so if we're in this place this morning and, and we're wanting to, maybe it's to, to, to renew or restart or, or begin a journey with Jesus, Lord, may we take the necessary steps to believe, to repent, and to begin to walk this journey out with you. So, Father, this morning, we give you thanks. We give you honor. In Jesus' mighty name. We hope you've enjoyed today's message brought to you by Every Nation Brisbane. For more information about our church, visit us on the web at ianbrisbane.org. Thank you for listening. God bless.